Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Stephen King movie. It all started with Carrie. Seeing her burn everything down at the end. You're watching it, it's thrilling. Cheap Show had a massive impact. It completely traumatized me. Aren't you going to say hello? Pet Cemetery is a great movie. Misery is one of my favorites. Stephen King writes human beings, and then he puts them in phantasmagorical situations. Instead of setting everything in big cities, he chooses locations that are identifiable for everybody. It's an idealized America, but then it's ripped apart and sent to hell. When I think of my favorite Stephen King movies, I think of Stand By Me and The Shawshank Redemption. I remember being shocked that someone who I associated so much with horror was capable of creating something so beautiful. Much of Stephen King's work seems to be about how we treat each other. Whether it's the family in Cujo, or what's happening in The Shining between Jack and Wendy. This isn't like it's coming. This is about what's here. That's the legend of Stephen King, is able to see things in the future that the average person can't. He's been such a mirror for pop culture, but now he is his own pop culture. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 550. Releasing August 11 in theatres across the US is King on Screen, a documentary that dives into the wide ocean of Stephen King's screen adaptations in which cinematic classics such as The Shining, The Shawshank Redemption, and It reside. Featuring interviews with the directors of these adaptations, including Frank Darabont, Taylor Hackford, and Mike Flanagan, King on Screen is a must-watch for Stephen King novice and fan alike. And joining me now is the director of King on Screen, Daphne and Bay Weird. Daphne, I thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you for having me. So it's really interesting when it comes to the world of Stephen King on film. Numerous writers have been adapted on, on film. You know, your John Grisham's, your... Uh, John uh, Le Carre's, you, you so many other people, but none matched the prolific presence uh, and success that, that Stephen King had uh, with his adaptations. What do you think it is about his writing, um, his world, his characters that translates so well to the screen, do you think? Because um, uh, I think it's just uh, incredibly fascinating how ever since Carrie, the Stephen King movie has become a subgenre on its own in in, in movies. Yeah, it's it's quite impressive because at the same time, he's one of the most prolific authors because he writes something like two novels a year, which mm. is kind of 
amazing, you know, it's not the case of most offers. And at the same time, uh, a lot of um, well-known directors adapted uh, his um, books on screen. So I think it's somehow the, the, the thing that really allowed him to have such a great um, popularity, you know, and uh, such a fame uh, as a writer. And um, but it's not the only thing at all, because when you are uh, reading Stephen King, you see how much he's able to um, portray uh, so well the characters and how he's able to write characters that are so deep. You know, there is so much depth in the in, in them. And I think it's something interesting for a filmmaker because it allows you to to go to go further you know and when you have to translate into sc uh, in on the screen a book that's more than 500 pages uh i think it's um a great thing that the characters are amazing because otherwise you would lose some of the essence because it's well quite difficult you know to to be able to write a book like this uh, i mean to to make a film uh and to cut in a book that is so long so yeah you no doubt you making this documentary you have a, a love for stephen king movies especially um what is it about his film adaptations does it really speak to you as a as an, an actor as a writer as a director um and do you did you do your perceptions at all of Stephen King um and his novels, his films change in any way after doing this movie? Were there things that you learned about him and the filmmakers that made his movies that uh were different um that um afterwards compared to what any types of perceptions you had beforehand? Well, I am not sure that something really changed but it's uh it's always interesting to learn a lot about the, the filmmaker's process you know while adapting uh him uh i mean it's um it's something that is um well one of the things that really impressed me is to see that you know some of the directors really knew stephen king before uh, adapting him and were huge fans. When we talk about Josh Boone, for example, or Vincenzo Natali, or Frank Darabont, they they were really uh, King's fan before adapting him. And at the same time, some of the some of the directors didn't really know uh, his work, and they discovered it uh, because they they had this great project between their hands, and they thought, okay, I'm I'm doing this, but they weren't really aware of Stephen King's work. And after making the film, it really changed how they perceived the author and they really um, became fans, you know, after making a first film. Uh, so I think it's um, interesting. And it's one of the things that I really learned is the fact that um, you have those people who really uh, had a, another um, opinion, I, I wouldn't say opinion, but uh, who saw the offer in a different way, you know. I find it really interesting whenever I read stories of how writers or directors would adapt a, a, a novel, um, whether it be a Stephen King novel, what have you, 
um, because we're dealing with different mediums here, different forms of art. And what's really fascinating and interesting with your movie, if you if you took the time to delve into the conflict between Kubrick and King when it came to The Shining, and I always wanted wanted to always something on my on my mind is what is the obligation that a filmmaker should have towards an author's work? Should they be looking into adapting the spirit of the work or is it about just taking the story and the characters and framing it into something else? Where do you kind of lie when it comes to that? Do you think that uh, when it came to The Shining, for example, that uh, both men are right in a, situ- in a situation where, you know, Steve King had the right, had the right to be, disappointed with the film but Kubrick also had the right to go with his artistic vision or do you think there needs to be some sort of obligation on the filmmaker's part to make sure that the spirit at least the spirit of the novel they're adapting is uh, um, catered to? Yeah I think it's interesting uh, it's an interesting uh, thing to talk about because you know there's not uh, one right side and another wrong side somehow. So, but uh, at the end, I think, yeah, as a filmmaker, when you are adapting uh, an author, you have to respect somehow the essence of the work. And I think that, you know, Kubrick uh, took a lot of uh, liberties when he adapted King. And at the same time, uh, well, when you watch the film, it's a great, it's yeah, it's it's a film that is looking well. It's it's stunning. I mean, visually, it's absolutely stunning. And at the same time, I can see why uh, there were so many criticism about it. And uh, because you know, it's it's something about the characters that is not working that well. And they are they were even when the film was released, a lot of criticism about the, the characters uh, in in that film. Uh, that really bothered a lot of the audience uh, and not only the King uh, fans, but also, you know, the, the, the persons who were, weren't familiar with, uh, with um, the book and who saw the film thinking, okay, but we, we don't have an arc in uh, Jack Torrance's um, state of mind, you know, and it's something that disturbed a lot of people um, whether they were a fan of, of uh, King or not. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. The film consists of interviews with varied directors who worked on all sorts of Stephen King uh, uh, adaptations. When it came to reaching out to directors, who were the first names that you kind of reached out to to get the ball 
to get the ball rolling, so to speak, because the list is long because there's been so many movies, but were there uh, names that you wanted to get in touch with first um, that not only were import- was important to the making of the film, but also that you knew that if you got these people on board, then hopefully other people would then say, ah, oh, this is a, uh, we know, um, we know these guys, we know they're very um, serious about their work. And if they're talking to Daphne, then she must be onto something really good here and that, and we want to talk to her as well. Well, I, I, I know that the, the first time we uh, reached to directors, we sent something like 10 emails, which shows like uh, 10 directors. Uh, I know there was Mick Garris, Darabont, Taylor Ackford, and uh, I'm not sure about the other names, but we, we really tried at first to see if the directors were willing to talk about the work, you know, because if we had like one or two directors, we, we would have thought, okay, well, we can't make this movie with, you know, so, 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 so uh, not, not so many people. And so it was the first step that we really had to do. And, um, and then after we, we saw that, a lot of the directors were in and said, okay, I'm doing it. And it was so thrilling, you know, having a Frank Darabont, Mick Garris, Taylor Ackford, and all those great um, directors, Tom Alon, et cetera, who said, okay, uh, I- I'm in, because, you know, you you you, you see that the, the film is going to be something special because you are able to have them in the film. And uh, sometimes uh, at a later uh, stage, when we had a lot of um, uh, the directors, uh, some of them weren't in the documentary. And it's thanks to uh, Frank Darabont and uh, Vincenzo Natalie, for example, that we got uh, Craig Nicotero and Josh Boone. Uh, so we we were in kind of uh, both situation, you know, trying to, to, to make something work uh, with... Um, nothing at the beginning and then after having this change to have a have um sorry <laughs> and then later having the chance to have all those directors helping reaching other people i'm sure the big reason why so many people wanted to talk to you as well is that the questions you were asking were fresh were original these um, directors would have talked about their movies about Stephen King during promotion and many interviews as well. How important was it to you that not only that you approach their your questions towards them to be just that fresh and, and original, but also a lot of time was put into research into the filmmakers themselves, how they approach the work and how they approach Stephen King's work. Because, you know, having doing interviews like this with filmmakers, well, I like to pride myself in doing a lot of research and such. And, and I'm sure you and your team would have done quite a watch, would have watched and read a lot of interviews with these filmmakers to make sure that number one, um, you weren't repeating yourself in any way. And number two, you wanted to get really authentic, unique answers to create a really authentic, unique film. Yeah, absolutely. I, actually, it's a work that took a lot of time. It took months because I really wanted to do things correctly. So I read every interviews that the director gave about the movie. And uh, I was quite doing all that part um, alone because we were such a small team, you know, at the beginning. It's a really independent um, documentary. So uh for most of the film, we were just two, um, the producer, Sebastian Cruz, and me doing all the work. 
for the most part. And even the interviews, we were often just the two of us uh, doing everything, you know, sound, uh, image, everything. So, um, but yeah, I really wanted to know, to to be able to to dig into the material and to know exactly what the directors have said already about the films. And at the same time, sometimes you you are thinking, oh wow, that's an interesting story. It could be great to have it in the documentary. So sometimes you are asking them questions that you already know the answer, just so you can have it in the film. And sometimes you can really dig a little bit more uh, in their work and ask a more precise question. But at the same time, you know, you always have this kind of, um, you have to find this balance because when you are making a documentary like this, you want people who are not that familiar with Stephen King, who don't, who don't know him that well to be able to watch the film. So when you are doing something like that, it's really about finding the right balance between, okay, is someone that knows nothing about Stephen is able to watch the film and to fully understand everything without uh, seeing the films before, you know? Because if we, you are talking about a film for a long time, you, you want people to have seen it. So that's why we were uh, focused on uh, films that were, um, you know, like Shawshank Redemption. I mean, almost everyone has seen this film, even if you're not a huge Stephen King fan, you've seen Shawshank Redemption uh, for, for most of um uh, people who are interested in cinema I mean so yeah th there was a lot of uh, work uh, that art and um, yeah trying to one of the things that I really want to to be clear about was the fact that I wasn't going to edit what the directors told in a different manner you know because there are a lot of people in my field that are um, making uh, stuff up when they are editing what the director said and it was something that I really wanted to to be clear about it's the fact that I wouldn't do that because yeah uh, like 80 percent of the documentaries are doing the that kind of things and finding someone to to work on the edit and saying okay i don't want to do that it's not easy you know <laughs> well i think all the effort that you put into it has really resulted in a real fine documentary here. and i think for everyone out there listening whether you're a stephen king fan whether you're stephen king uh new to the whole stephen king experience i think king on screen is an essential watch and i really uh urge people to watch the movie in theaters first buy a ticket go to the cinema watching in theaters because it's not only a great documentary great interviews it's great filmmaking craft in the movie as well and i think um daphne you did a great job here um congrats with king on screen um and best of luck with the film's release and i thank you so very much for joining me today oh thank you so much i'm really glad you like the film thank you